we're going to come and look at the Word of God now. Um, I want us to start off by doing that on tables, if that's okay. So, um, can you put your hand up if you've got a Bible, either a paper one or one on your phone? Uh, let's see, is there a hand up on every table? Uh, Jerry and Sarah, have you guys got a Bible? Do you want to borrow one? Yeah, you've got one. Um, everyone's got a Bible. Right, there are two verses I want you to look at. Uh, they're both very short. The first one um, is Acts, uh, what is it? Acts 6, verse 7. So I want you to read this on your table, and also Acts 12, 24. Is that okay? So Acts 6, verse 7. Hopefully one person on each table is making a note of the verses. Acts 6, 7, and after that, Acts 12, 24. What I want you to do is to read these two verses, and just what, what do you see is going on? How are they similar? What's happening? What does it speak to you? What's going on? Acts 6, 7, Acts 12, 24. I'm going to give you... Uh, four minutes uh, to do that, if that's okay. So the first one, Acts 6, verse 7. I'm just going to read it out. Um, it says this, And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And so the bit of that verse I want us to focus on, and we're going to focus on this morning, is the first part of that. The word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied. So what, what did you notice on your tables? Maybe shout out, what, what's going on here? We've got, yeah, so the, the message of God was being shared everywhere. Like nowadays we get the message on the phone, but people are going around sharing this, house to house, person to person, ear to ear, heart to heart. And so the word of God increased. So what that means is the, the disciples in Jerusalem, so imagine the disciples in Sittingbourne, I'm going around increasing the word of God. How do you increase the word of God? Sharing it with people. What else could you do? Increasing the word of God. Reading it. Yeah, yeah. So increasing it in your own life. Reading it. Increasing it in other people's lives by sharing it. What else could you do? Living it so people see the gospel being lived out in your life. How else could you share it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inviting people in where, where it's getting spoken about. Creating settings where the Word of God is the centerpiece. The living, active Word of God is the centerpiece. Where I'd like to get to, kind of the crux of what we're going to share this morning is, like the Word of God, it's living, it's active, it changes our lives. We see this here, where the Word of God increases, what then happens? In, in the text. What happens in the text? Disciples multiply. So where the word of God is increased, where the word of God is shared, where the word of God is demonstrated, where it's talked about, where it's prayed into, disciples begin to sprout up. People come to faith. If you reverse engineer it, where the word, where the word of God isn't shared, it doesn't multiply. Adam. And Troy mentioned that actually you could argue multiplication is quicker than increasing. So multiplication is, is greater than addition. If I go and share with Troy, and then I go and share with Lewis, and then I go and share with Joshua, it's going one to one to one. You add in the next generation, they're going to share it one with one with one. What goes from two to four to eight to 16 becomes hundreds and thousands very, very quickly. If it's all on me going life to life on my own, like we read elsewhere in Acts that the gospel went to all of Asia Minor, that there was no place left, a place that was literally like a million people. Even back then, a million people. And within three years, Paul had gone there as an unreached people group and the gospel had gone everywhere, across the whole region. 
That wasn't just him doing it on his own, preaching in the hall of Tyrannus. That was the word of God going from mouth to mouth, ear to ear, heart to heart, across people. Households sharing it. Not just people up the front sharing it. Not just the one or two that are gifted evangelists sharing it. It was everyone in every conceivable way sharing the gospel however they could. Just gossiping it to one another. Being good news to one another. Like we've got loads of stuff we could do in our day and age. Meeting people's needs. Gosh, we live in a world, don't we, where there are so many needs. And we feel like we've not got much to give. But even just giving ourselves is enough. But the stuff doesn't necessarily do it. What people want is someone to come close and say, I'm with you, I care about you, I'll help you. I might not be able to fix it, but you're not on your own. I think if Jesus has done anything, he's demonstrated that God's heart is to say, you're not on your own. I can, but the good thing is, is he can lift us out of it. Whereas we might feel like we've not got the resources to help, actually we've got his spirit dwelling in us. So where the word of God is shared, demonstrated, increased, supernaturally, it's got within it like a seed, the ability to multiply far beyond itself. Like, I love the image of a strawberry. If you look on a strawberry, what's it covered in? Seeds. seeds. One strawberry's got how many seeds? Has anyone ever sat down and counted the strawberry before you've eaten it in the summer? How many seeds has this strawberry got on it? Hundreds. So many you probably couldn't count them. And then each of those seeds within it has the potential to create what? A plant, not just another strawberry, a plant. And what does that plant, a strawberry plant specifically, not an orange plant, orange tree, um, what, what does that strawberry plant have the ability to reproduce? Not just the strawberry, hundreds and hundreds of other strawberries and other strawberry plants and other strawberry seeds. Within that one tiny little seed, it has got the ability to exponentially increase way beyond itself. Like Troy said, it can multiply exponentially way beyond itself, in a supernatural manner, in a crazy, it doesn't make sense. The gospel, when you share it into someone's heart, when you share it into someone's life, sorry about our scheduling, didn't I? what's going on? When you share the gospel into someone's heart, when you sow it into their life like a seed, it has the ability to reproduce way beyond itself. And if we truly believe that what we've got in us, have the ability to do that, it doesn't say that their wise and persuasive words or their great strategies or their wonderful courses went and reproduced disciples. It says that the word of God increased. There's just people there that are that they're turning the notch up in their life on the word of God. Not on the problems, not on the situations. These guys are living through a famine. If we look at the historical context, there's a famine going on in Jerusalem. It's the perfect situation for them to increase the word of God. People are in need. People are desperate. People have literally travelled there to worship the God of Israel. And there's a famine. They can't get food. They're a long way from home. They've not got any money. They've gone there to observe and, and worship the God of Israel. The people in Jerusalem have got a great opportunity to say, what? You're not on your own. We're going to sell our fields. We're going to sell our businesses. We're going to wrap around you. We're going to do whatever we can. Sacrificial living and giving so that you can encounter the God of Israel. We're going to meet your needs and we're going to tell you about the God that's provided, provided for us. Is that exciting? Amen. It's exciting, but it's costly, isn't it? It's very, very costly. Go for it. I don't know if anybody else last night watched the film Risen that was on Tally and I just got the end of it. And um, it was what Jesus returned and he returned to the 12. And um, when he was... Uh, he, he, 
they, they threw their nets over, you know, and caught lots of fish mm. because they couldn't, they weren't catching anything, and then yield the leopards, and then it was time for him to go. And I think this sort of tallies up because he, he was told him that he was going, and they was like all fretful, and he was saying, I'm going, I'm going away, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And he was saying, you know, you're never alone, mm. and go, go out to all nations and, um, you know, for, for, for disciple, yeah. And um, I'm a bit nervous about when you talk like this, but it's sort of tallies up, you know, because yeah. they was like, they was crying, and he was like going, and they was left. Yeah. And um, on there, I felt like they was on their own, but they knew Jesus was the prison. And as they all um, parted and went their separate ways, they went, you know, Brilliant. preaching the word of God. Thank you. That's brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. And so that is one of the beautiful things is that what Jesus has done, he, he, he wants to continue through us. The Great Commission is that we would go and make disciples. What that looks like, of all nations, not just in Sittingbourne, but all nations, everyone, everywhere, every day. Louis, can we have the vision statement up for me? Which I'm just going to kind of talk through our vision statement as well as this verse. And so kind of just hopefully it will make sense. So when Jesus went, he then left his Holy Spirit who dwells in us, who enables us to go and make witnesses of everyone, everywhere, every day. And so this verse for us is kind of the foundation of why we moved here to Sittingbourne like four years ago. Um, and this was what we felt like over the first three or four years we've ascension and trying to figure out what we felt God was saying was the distinctive about Hope Church Sittingbourne. What are we called here to do? We're not just going to do what every other church does. We're going to honour Jesus. That's a huge distinctive and we'll get onto that in a minute. But the reason that we exist is to multiply, because we believe in this exponential, supernatural multiplication that Jesus has put in us by his spirit, that we can do things far beyond our natural selves. That multiplication thing encompasses that. Do you get what I'm saying? Like the strawberry plant thing. Like one word is enough to change a whole household, which could change a whole street, which could change a whole tribe, which could change a whole town, a whole nation, and the world. That's what we believe. We see it. Jesus reached 12 then, then the 72, then hundreds of nations. And we look now, there's, there's literally millions and millions of believers today, let alone over human history since Jesus came. That isn't normal, is it? That multiplication. That's, not, that's a supernatural thing. So the reason we exist is to multiply the hope, which I'll get onto, that's a different colour for a reason, the hope of Jesus in the heart of everyone, everywhere, every day. We're not boundaries. We're not a parish church. We're not just reaching a postcode or an estate. Everywhere we are, whether you're in, working in Sittingbourne, working in London, whether you might move to Timbuktu or to Tunbridge Wells, wherever it might be. Do you like that? Tunbridge Wells, Timbuktu, both start with T. But wherever you are, it's what's in your heart, not your postcode, that's got life in it. We are called to all nations in Acts 1.8. Go and be witnesses, firstly in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then the end of the world. Our parish is the world. It's people, just like you, just like me. And people that aren't just like you, and just like me. People that are really different than us. The gospel like crosses those divides. And so I just want to speak into each of these words, if I can. In Acts 12, 24, it also says, the word of God increased and multiplied. It depends on the version that you're reading, but it's basically the essence of the same thing, that there's this sense of both increase and multiplication. Growing and then multiplying. Do you get that? So the increase is like a growing in size. Multiplying is growing in type. It's like reproducing beyond itself. 
So you think about anything that's living, if it's healthy, what does it do? It grows. And then once it's grown and it's reached maturity, what does it usually do? It multiplies. So whether that's a human being, it will grow, and then eventually, obviously you need another human being for it to work, but then there's multiplication. And families and households and tribes are born and created that way. The same with fruit, same with animals, trees, all these sorts of things. There's a seed in it. If it's healthy, it will grow, and then it will multiply. And it will go way beyond itself over generations and over times. And so the reason that we exist, our purpose, our calling, together, not individually, but together as a family, as, as a kind of a, a new expression of the kingdom of God, here in Sittingbourne, or a fairly new, we're four years old now, you can't really say we're new anymore, can you? But the reason we exist is because of this living multiplication, that we're not just here for ourselves, let's have coffee for the next 50 years, then I'm going to go and meet Jesus, wouldn't that great, hopefully I'll see you in a few years when you come. We want to share what we've got in our heart, Rob, like that. We're going to share what we've got in our heart with everyone we can, everywhere we go, everyone everywhere, every day, in the hope that this actually works. That there's power in our words. Yeah, we'll train and equip ourselves to be a little bit more confident and competent in what we share and what we don't share. But ultimately, it's not really about what we say, it's about what we do. It's about who we are and about what we believe. If we share what we've got, it's going to increase. If we don't, it won't. It's a simple equation. What we share multiplies, what we withhold doesn't. This multiplication is living, it's active, it's alive, it's growing, it's dynamic, it's got life to it, it's got energy to it. It's not a static thing. And what we're multiplying is, is the hope of Jesus. And for us, Louis, could you pop the church logo up for us? So for some of you who are quite new, you might have noticed that the word hope is in actually in our logo. So you see this circle here, it's quite small, but there's a circle, and right in the middle there's a big X. If any of you did GCSE maths, what does that X mean? Times, it means multiply. So this is very intentional. So we are multiplying the hope, H-O-P-E, of Jesus in the hearts of everyone, everywhere, every day. And each of these letters, imagine it like a little Trivial Pursuit board. Have you ever played Trivial Pursuit? And it's a game where you go around and you've got one of these things and you're meant to get like little tiles that fill up each of the empty spaces and, and you win the game when you filled up all of the tiles. For us, we felt as a church that there are four things that if we could really reproduce in our lives, four practices of New Testament disciples, that if we could really land these in our lives, and some we'd be stronger at, some maybe a bit weaker, but if we could do that, we're going to be doing all right. We're going to be looking a lot more like the New Testament church. And the first one is H, and that means to honour Jesus. And so the way we honour Jesus is by the way that we live our lives. Not just what we say, but it's the way we pay our taxes or not. It's, it's how, how we treat our neighbours. It's how we treat our family, our friends, our enemies. It's what we do when no one's looking. Our lives, like Romans 12, 21, are a living sacrifice to God. Live your lives as a, offer, offer your lives as a living sacrifice to God. It's not just the seeing things on a Sunday when we're full of glory, but it's what's going on when we've just had a row in the car and we've gone home and we don't really want to talk to one another. And how we, how we deal with that. It's not that life's perfect, but it's that we work that stuff through in a God-honouring way. And he gets glorified in it. Amen? 
Is it just me who has arguments in the car on the way home? Probably. <laughs> Lewis is like, yes, Dad. It's you. So we, we try and honour Jesus. And we ask one another, how are you getting on with honouring Jesus? Where are you struggling? Where are you finding it difficult? And we don't just ask other people. We say, you know what, would you ask me? Like, I've had some wonderful conversations. They've been very difficult this last few weeks. Like, we've been having some challenges as a family, it's fair to say. And I've had a few moments where I've really struggled honouring Jesus. It's been really difficult. It's not appropriate for me to share the specifics with 40 people on a Sunday. But it is relevant for me to share the specifics with brothers and sisters, but brothers particularly in the church that I've met with in the week and say, would you pray with me? This is what's been going on. I don't want to hide. Here is my heart. I'm entrusting it to you. The good, the bad and the ugly. And then do I receive grace or do I receive judgment? And then as I do that, hopefully they then feel empowered to say, you know what, Gordon, I'm going to share something with you as well. And if we dishonour one another in that, then it stops there, doesn't it? But if we encounter grace and not law, something special happens, doesn't it? Jesus is made known right there in the ugliest bits, the darkest bits. And if we cover it up and hide it, what happens? It multiplies. And it grows in the darkness. And it overcomes you. And it it becomes you. It's the truth, isn't it? It's the truth in my life. And so that's the H. The O is that we would obey Jesus. There are two authorities in the life of a disciple. The Word of God and the Spirit of God. So the H means honouring Jesus. The O means obeying Jesus or obeying his word. And so the two authorities are the Word of God and the Spirit of God. We read the Word of God and we invite the Holy Spirit to speak through the Word of God. The two things aren't in contradiction. The Spirit of God loves the Word of God. He inspired it and he wrote it. He's the author of it. Through lots of different authors over multiple generations... And so as we read the word of God, we say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? What does this mean for me today? Because it's a living and an active word. It's not just a dry textbook, like a scientific textbook. This is something that you can read. It's going to come alive to you. It's, going to, it's not only you're going to read it, but it's going to read you. It's going to tell you what's going on in your heart. And, so, and then we look to obey it. The life is in the obedience. Jesus says, if you love me, then you'll obey my teaching. And if we don't, then we don't. He doesn't force us, does he? He invites us. A bit like that film, um, whether it was The Chosen, I can't remember which one it was. Risen. Yeah, I've been watching The Chosen series quite a lot recently. All Jesus seems to do going around is, he goes up to random people and says, follow me. That's the invitation. Jesus says to you this morning, follow me. And you know what? You either do or you don't. Not, I'll follow you when I feel like it. Follow you when I'm having a good day. Following looks like following is that okay okay the p is that we would pray but not just for ourselves and not just for our family but that we pray beyond ourselves so we're always looking in daily life for people that we can be praying for praying for work colleagues neighbors friends family people that you don't get on with neighbors that are a bit tricky whoever that looks like enemies We're looking to pray. We're praying for our town. We're praying for our government. We're praying for all sorts of people, those we know and those we don't, that the kingdom of heaven would would penetrate their lives. That the king of heaven would be enthroned in their hearts. And as we pray, we also push a little and we look for opportunities to share the good news of Jesus with whoever we can. And that's the E. 
to everyone a witness. We've all got a powerful story to share of what Jesus has done in our lives. And the power isn't in how you tell it, it's just in telling it. Like I've heard the gospel loads of times, and actually when I gave my life to Jesus, it wasn't a particularly eloquent thing that I heard. I just felt something grab hold of me, grab hold of my spirit and say, now's the time. But internally, I was like having a tug of war with God about whether I gave my life to him. I had a really broken life before that, really messed up. And I just felt like, actually, Jesus is inviting me, like I said earlier, follow me. It's no more complicated than that. And you either do or you don't. He doesn't say, sort your life out, sort all this stuff out first, and then come, and we'll have a little MOT and see how you're getting on and whether you've passed or not, see how many hoops you can jump through. He says, come as you are, bring all of your trash, all of the muck, all of the brokenness, all of the problems, all of the questions, and follow me. And he works it out along the way. As we faithfully follow him through life, he slowly begins to change us by the presence of his spirit in us. He doesn't heap a load of laws and expectations on us, expecting us to jump through hoops and do things. He says, follow me. And so that's what the hope means, these four things. And so if you were playing Trivial Pursuit, and you've got four of those things, and you're able to sort of somehow, like we were trained and equip one another in this stuff. So a lot of what we do as a church is focusing on these four things. Running Partners is a little group we, we have like with threes and fours. We're really like, that's why I was saying I've been chatting about some of the challenges in our life at the moment. I'm working out the H in those running partners. Obeying his word and spirit, kind of we do that in households where we're reading the word of God together. We do that on a Sunday where we're coming under the ministry of the word and we're saying, how does this apply to my life? We have prayer meetings where we get together and we'll be praying not only for ourselves but beyond ourselves. And then we're doing some stuff on the streets which we started receiving training for, which is about us sharing the gospel. We're not going to do a lot more than a church other than those four things. Initially, we really want to make sure we've laid this good, strong kind of foundation of New Testament discipleship in all of our lives. And that's the plumb line in a way that we're holding one another up to. And not in a way that, oh, look, you're dropping the the ball here. How can I help you? How can we do this together? How can we do this? And then we're spurring one another on, praying for one another and encouraging one another in that stuff. Louis, can I have the statement back up again, mate? I'm running out of breath here. And so this hope is all about Jesus. It's the hope of Jesus. It's not the hope of Hope Church. It's the hope of Jesus. He is the king of this church. He's the one who leads it. He's the one that ordained it. He's the one who's enthroned above it. And so this hope that we're sharing with people, it's all about come and meet this guy that I've met called Jesus. It's not come and meet Gordon or come and meet Adam or come and meet whoever. It's about come and meet Jesus. We're trying to reproduce the hope of Jesus in the human heart. Not just in the head, intellectually, like lots of, let me tell you about the history of Jesus in the New Testament. It's not about that. It's would you meet him? Once you've met him, it changes your life forever. You, you could tell me about how wonderful my wife is, as like intellectually, but when I met her, wow, changed my life. Because I met her, I encountered her. God wants to encounter you. Jesus wants to encounter you. He's our king. He rules and he reigns right now. And we can know the joy of that in our lives, rather than all the other stuff ruling and reigning us and pulling us in a million and one directions. And so as we share the gospel, it's got this power to multiply. We're happy with that? I don't need to go over that. And so we're sharing this, not just with people that look like us, not just with our neighbours, not just with people that live in Sittingbourne, but with everyone, everywhere, every day. 
And so when we talk about everyone, we're basically saying, like in Revelation 21, if you've read the Bible, like the way the story ends is that Jesus is the king, there's a, there's a brand new creation, we're all gathered there, everyone that's a believer, there's a wonderful great big banquet table called the Wedding Feast of the Lamb. Sounds a bit strange, it's not lamb on the table, there probably is lamb, but it'll be cooked in all sorts of different ways, because all of the nations will be there. There'll be curried lamb, minted lamb, all sorts of lamb on the table. But the lamb that's there is the lamb, the king of heaven. He is there and it's a wedding feast because all of his believers, all of his children, all of his family are gathered there worshipping him, celebrating him. And it's going to be so beautiful and so eclectic. It's about everyone. It's not just about people that are like us. It's about everyone. Like, it's going to be so crazy. It's going to be messy, isn't it? Like I often say to the church, if you like things neat and tidy, you're going to hate it there because it's going to be loud. There's going to be all sorts of music and different languages and also it's going to be a crazy, crazy, all sorts of colours and it's going to be wonderful. Loads of different flags. And what Jesus wants to birth here in Sittingbourne is something that looks a little bit like that. that. That eternal city that we're journeying towards He's fleshing it out right now here amongst us. You look around, like we've got quite a few different nations, haven't we, already? He wants to increase it and multiply it. Increase it, multiply it. It's like, like yeast in bread. Increase, multiply. It can't help. Disciples can't help but increase. He multiplies, we increase. That's what we see there in Acts 6, 7, isn't it? The word of God increased. The disciples had to share it, but what God did was multiplied it. If you're a disciple, you just can't help it. You might not be very good at it, but you can't help it. We can help one another with what we do with it. But it's this thing of like, just Jesus, I love Jesus. I want you to meet Jesus. I've been following Jesus. Do you want to meet Jesus? It's going to change your life. You're not going to be the same. It's scary and it's frightening. Genuinely, the person I am today, I'm so thankful that I followed Jesus. And I wish I hadn't have had a tug of war with him for three years, just kind of carrying on with the same old trash. Wasted years. So it's amongst everyone, everywhere. So like I've said already, we're not a parish church. The world is our parish. But we start where we are today. We start sharing it with our family, with our neighbours, with our friends, the people we work, rest and play with. We share the gospel with those folk. Not, not like salesmen looking for another target. Gordon, I've, I've, I've led five people to Jesus this week. Great. But don't rejoice because of that. Rejoice because your name's written in the book of heaven. That's what Jesus says, isn't it? When the disciples go out, even, even the demons bowing out. It, when, when we pray, yeah, don't, don't rejoice about that. Rejoice because you're saved. You're a trophy of grace. There's nothing you can do to earn more of God's favour than you've already got. It's quite free in that because then we don't have to work for him. We do it out of love. We're not labouring for a reward. We're doing it out of love because he's changed our heart. And then the everyday thing is really that this isn't just something like me and Hadai are talking a lot about something we're calling Proclaim, which is us going out on the street sharing the gospel. We've done a bit of training. We're going to be looking at least monthly to do that, but we're going to have a lot of other opportunities. But that really is a catalyst for us feeling confident enough to do that every day. Like we've got a lifestyle where it's normal to share the gospel, like everyone a witness, where it's normal just to invite a work colleague for coffee and say, look, I really see you're struggling. Do you want to tell me about your situation? And then after you've listened, because listening is really important, say, like, can I pray for you? Like, I, I believe God would want to break through here. And we're just being gentle, inviting people like we have to follow Jesus. 
And if we were all doing that, my gosh, there's 65,000 people in Sittingbourne alone. I had a little head count. I think we're about 39, 40 today, which is super encouraging. That half of the room was empty earlier. It's all fleshed out. Like, thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah. But isn't it amazing? But we're going to need a, a bigger boat, aren't we? 65,000 people aren't going to fit in here, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, a few more coffee shops, please. But we, we would have to have multiple services every day, seven days a week. Gosh, that would be exhausting, wouldn't it? And so it's not about let's all do it in the church on a Sunday for an hour or two hours, depending on how long Gordon preaches for. But it's actually about us being equipped and trained to, to do it in the everyday. I just want to read one last thing, and then we're going to pray for one another. Is that okay? So in Acts 6, it says this, but it's Acts 5, a little bit earlier. It says, Acts 5.42, we, we spoke on this the other day. It says, and every day, so how often? And every day. So this is the everyday bit. And every day. Acts 5.42. Every day. In the temple. So in the church. This is our temple for the moment. Costa Coffee is our temple. Every day in the temple. And then also from house to house. They did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. They increased the word of God. Every day. Wherever they were in the streets, with their neighbours, in their workplace, wherever they felt liberty to. I'm not saying, some of you have got jobs where it's incredibly sensitive for you to, that's fine, but don't do that as an excuse to not do it anywhere. Ask the Lord for wisdom. I, I wouldn't preach like, just go out, don't worry about it. Jesus will provide if you get sacked. Gosh, that's nonsense. But at the same time, you don't just have to preach at people, you can love them. You can get a bit of credibility through just loving them and being close to them. They'll eventually ask you what's going on because not everyone's doing that. It's Jesus reaching out through you. And so can we just take a moment or two on our tables to pray for one another? That this would become like something that each of us could take small steps in. That we'd honour Jesus, we'd obey his word, we'd pray beyond ourselves. And that we'd be able to gossip the gospel in people's hearts. And that we wouldn't, we're not doing this on our own. He's called us here together so that we can do this together. Is that okay? Great. So let's pray. Let's pray.